Hello, and welcome to the Love Says Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Johnson, and I'm coming to you from the coast of Maine. In my work as a life coach for the last 15 years, as well as in my personal life, I keep coming back to seeing the beauty of what unfolds when we each uniquely find our way back to a place of love. Love can get us through the most painful moments. It can give us the freedom to grow, the courage to change. And love can also lead us to a whole lot of peace, joy, and possibility. So let's see what happens in us, in our life, and in our world when we listen in to what love says. Welcome to the Love Says Podcast. I'm recording this new episode looking out my window at a whole lot of snow. Today we're going into a topic connected to how we listen to love in a certain relationship in our lives, in a certain area of our lives. It's one I have honestly been avoiding kind of diving into because it feels so complex. It feels so layered. It feels like each one of us has everything else, right? But we'll have a different experience with with this. And um, it also is a relationship that has been, I want to say, the most tumultuous, challenging, potentially the most painful relationship at some points in my life. And also the relationship, one of the relationships that has changed the most for me and a place where what I was listening to Sarah Connell last week and she was saying, you know, what if what was impossible is now easy, you know, and it is one of the areas in my life where I feel like over the last 20 years, I have lived into going from feeling like peace in this relationship was absolutely impossible to actually feeling like there is peace available to almost even forgetting about this relationship because it wasn't, you know, a big trigger area. And then again, it cycles and ebbs and flows like every relationship and we're always being invited to come back to love and listen to what love says. So uh, lots of intro here to lead up to the topic today we're going to talk about is how we listen to what love says in connection with our bodies, in the relationship we have with our bodies, with these vessels that house our souls and our hearts and our minds and our energy and our emotions. And my yoga teacher, Anna, was saying last week, Anna Romero Gagari was talking about how this body is the boat that carries us from the beginning of our life until the end. And so today we're going to talk about this boat and we're going to talk about, I'm going to share a little bit about my history um, with my relationship with my body. And then at the end of the, you know, as we get into the the episode a bit more, I'm going to share just three three things, three practices, three ideas to take with you. And my hope is in listening as we just spend the next little bit together and we just open up some space for honesty and curiosity and possibility for what can be in relationship with our body when we 
do connect to love, when we do allow love to lead the way, when we do have love for our bodies in whatever way that's possible and true for each of us. And it's just amazing to me. I don't know about you, and I hope some of you listening to this will write me and share a little bit about your journey and your story, um, because I I was just thinking back on my journey with this vessel, this home that I'm so grateful to have now, and it has not been a smooth, <laughs> a smooth ride. It was not a smooth ride. So like everything we talk about in this podcast, how do we keep coming back to what love says? And in this month, as we listen in, how do we listen into what love is saying connected to how we care for our bodies, how we listen to our bodies, how we perhaps are in partnership, friendship, relationship, deep loving connection with this uh, amazing vessel of ours that journeys us through. It also is one of my favorite things is kind of hopping ahead, but one of the things I often remind myself of when I feel like being human is very hard is that one of the gifts of being human, I tell myself, is I get to have the experience of my senses, right? Um, and again, only, uh, only am I having those experiences through my body, right? Like through that's where my nose is, right? Um, that's where my ears are. And I know we aren't all connected to all of the five slash six senses, but for the ones we are connected to, they come, you know, they're directly connected to this physical body. So part of me is like, wait, to get all the good stuff and all the enjoyment and love and pleasure, we we need to be in a body. So again, how can we have as much love as is authentically possible in relationship with this body? So I just want to go back in time a little bit, um, share a little bit about my experience in hopes that some of it may be relatable um, in my hardest moments. I hope it's not relatable to you, but um, I know we all have unique journeys with this, but I also think we often have a lot of parallels. And when I went through the hardest part of the journey with my body, I wasn't really talking to anyone about it, right? So it was very private. And I will say, kind of going all the way back, I never really thought about, just personally, I never really thought about my body or my relationship with my body. I love to move. I love to play. I love to dance. I love to be expressive. Like I always, I think, enjoyed being in my body. However, it wasn't... I didn't really think about my body. I didn't think about, I was more like thinking about how like, I'm thinking to middle school. It's definitely concerned with like my bangs and how they looked. You know, I spent an awful lot of time on my hair, but I wasn't really thinking of my body. And I don't remember consciously, consciously thinking about it really. And then it became um, something that consumed me What was in college. It was when I was in college and I was in a program for musical theater and it all of a sudden became so, so, so much about how I looked. Um, yes, I could be talented. Yes, I, you know, all of these things um, that were being, we were being trained in and, and nurtured in, but there, it started to weave in very subtle ways and then very obvious ways that the physical appearance, right, of of my body and how I looked and it being able to fit into a certain mold, being able to honestly, kind of be as perfect, close to perfection 
And side note, where is that, you know, level, where is that um, definition of of perfection coming from? Because it definitely wasn't coming from love, definitely wasn't coming from my like soul truth. It was coming from the society standard of this is what, this is what you want to look like. This is what is successful. Um, so all of a sudden it, I started, it felt almost like, you know, those like ice bucket challenges where like someone gets just like, like completely inundated with cold water. The reality that in the industry I was going into, and then outside of that, the world I was living in was so consumed with a certain image and that the image meant so much. Again, the image could like make or break your dreams was pretty much the way it was conveyed to me. That to me felt heartbreaking. And it was so interesting looking back because it coincided with a very difficult time in my life where I always think, oh my gosh, if I, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda, but if I wouldn't, if I wasn't heartbroken at the time, right? If I wasn't confused about my purpose, if um, my dad had recently been diagnosed with a chronic leukemia. And so there were these huge areas in my life where I felt like there was immense loss or confusion. And I wasn't yet, I was just in the part of my life where I was starting to look for support, like look for resources, connect to loving, trusted sources within myself, outside of myself. So it's actually, as as everything was falling apart, as so often it does, the space in which all of a sudden there was just this emptiness within those spaces, some new clarity, tools, relationships, guidance started to come in. So all in all, you know, it was a time of much loss and also the beginning, the sprouting of many things starting to grow. And I I like to explain those other areas because so often in the past when I was, I did holistic health coaching for the first five years of my business. And so often I would see in people I worked with, because I always saw it in myself, that it was never just about the body. It was never just about the weight. It was never do this and you'll get that and then you're done, right? It was, we're so interwoven, right? Our bodies connect so deeply in my experience with what's going on emotionally, what's going on energetically. How much are we allowing ourselves to live our truth? Do we do we feel loved and supported? Do we feel like, do we feel safe, right? So it, for me, it was like everything was, I look back and I'm like, oh, I wonder if my, if I had gone through that program in that time and everything in my life didn't feel like it was falling apart and I did have a deep connection to self-listening and self-worth and self-love, would I would have would I have been able to make it through that kind of training program without completely losing myself? And maybe, um, and we wouldn't be here if that had been the case. So as, you know, so I'm in this time, I'm in this time in my life in college, and all of a sudden I'm realizing how quote unquote important my weight is, how I look is, my appearance is. And for the first time, no surprise in my life, also I'm really start my body's starting to change, right? My body's like gaining weight, my energy's changing, um, I'm going through so much emotionally. And what I decided to do during that time 
all of a sudden, right, there was a problem. Like there was a problem. And in order to have my dreams fit in, maybe find some peace again, which was what I think my younger self was telling me, I was like, okay, you got to fix this problem, right? You have to fix this problem. And so what I immediately went to, unfortunately, there's a lot of options around that say, oh my God, we know your problem. Let me fix it for you. Here's all you have to do, follow this plan. And what it started then was a few years, like that felt like a hundred years at the time, of really going into the diet world, right? Of really being like, okay, I'm going to try this plan. Okay, I'm going to do this diet. Okay, I'm going to do this thing. Okay. Yeah. And it was, oh, this cycle of it. I can feel it like in my body, right? Because I would, something would happen. Let's say I would like try on a pair of pants, right? Or see myself in a mirror in a dance class. Oh my God. And something would happen where I would trigger, right? And be like, oh no, this is not okay. My body is not okay. I was so mad at my body. I was so like at war with my body. Looking back, oh, it makes me so sad, but I get it. Like, and, and, and instead of dropping into my body and being like, hey, let's work on this together. I was like, again, everything was from the neck up decision-wise. My mind was like, there's a problem. We're going to fix it. And I would pick out that diet. I would get a few friends on board. I'd make the charts. I do just as a being love stickers. I love tracking things. Um, and I love being inspired. I love starting it new. The big difference that I have learned since this time is depending on the why of why I'm tracking, why I'm using stickers, where it's coming from, if it's from an intuitive, inspired place, and it gets to support something that my whole system is already saying, this will be wonderful, this will be a gift for us, then it feels like a very positive experience to me. If it was something where I was basically just trying not to drown at the time, right? And I was trying to, from a fear-based place, trying to fix something by trying to control and force myself, right? To, to stay to something where I'd been promised an outcome because I deeply thought something was wrong with me, right? And let, let's be honest, like that was deeper than just the weight, right? Like I was in a place where I did not feel, right, connected to, to love as a practice. I did not feel connected to my value on a daily basis, right? So so I would go, I would pick a plan, I'd get friends, I'd get my chart. And then within like anything for me that I've experienced, if something is coming from fear, if the action, if the plan, if the, I'm going to change my life for this, if it is coming from fear only versus an intuition, a loving invitation, a sense again of this is part of my soul journey, if it is coming from fear it, it is very temporary follow through for me. So, and what would happen is I would be in that cycle where then I would go out drinking and then I'm like, surprise, surprise, I'm eating bread again, right? Or I would, I would like be, stay up super late and then I would be like, have eaten all my points for Weight Watchers. I mean, if, if you know a diet, I've done it <laughs> during that period of time. And then it would be, so I would completely disappoint myself, right? And then I would be like, F it, right? And then spend a couple of days in that mode of like, who cares? I can't, it's never going to get better. May as well. But this other piece of me knew I was about to be like, 
Elizabeth Johnson, you better recommit and you better recom- you better double down that commitment. So that that part of me would just go kind of wild for a couple of days until I, again, looked at myself in a mirror, saw a picture of myself, couldn't fit into my clothes, s- saw someone and felt envious, right? Of like, oh my gosh, like they're going to get the dream because they look like that. Oh, I don't even like talking about this at this moment just because it's like, it, I just, I know it is so prevalent in our world. It's so real and it makes me so damn sad because I feel like I was playing by the rules of a game that was not ever made for me, right? And it was never made for me to to lead me into what I actually wanted, which was peace, which was connection, which was like success. If you ever listened to the Juan Pablo um, Espinoza episode of the conversation on love where he talks about completely redefining his definition of success for himself versus what his world gave him as that definition. So so here I am in that cycle. And no surprise, in that cycle of something's wrong, I have to fix it, trigger the fear, choose the actions, be fully committed Something happens because I'm human and I wasn't fully guided in this, disappointed, self-shame, self-doubt, lose it for a while, recommit. Like it was just, I mean, it was this ultimate vicious, vicious cycle. And no surprise that my relationship with my body, again, I don't, I didn't have a relationship with my body at that time. It was just me trying to fix my body. Oh, my poor body. I love her. And now I feel so bad about that. But, um... It was me, yeah, really punished, trying to punish her to get a result that I wanted. That, again, was not even the result that I wanted. It was the result that I was being told I needed to have. And I remember, again, feeling kind of more and more depressed during this time, more and more anxious. My body was just like continued to like hold on to weight and to gain more weight no matter what I did. Um, I feel like my body looking back was really in in turmoil, you know what I mean? Like in turmoil, kind of in shock. Um, and my body definitely was not, was not feeling the love. And I, because I wasn't feeling loved, right? Like, so, so I remember one moment, there were two tipping point moments, which then tipped into this relationship starting very slowly to change, but on a trajectory that then continued to change, which was actually the dream (laughs) that I didn't know it would ever happen. But I will say the one, it's like I needed like a hundred tipping points to actually make the difference in, because it, the essence of it was not what I was doing and not, it was not the food plan. It was not the diet. It was where it was coming from. It was how I was treating myself. It was what I actually believed about myself. And basically it was going from being in total fear in my relationship with my body, fear and punishment in my relationship with my body and my relationship with food, slowly, slowly, slowly into a relationship of love, of acceptance and of nurturing with my body. And one of the moments, oh, such a tipping point for me. I remember I was in Weight Watchers at the time and I, it was the, it was the Weight Watchers before Thanksgiving and we had, we did a mock exercise of like, what do you put on your Thanksgiving plate to stay within your points? And 
as a side note, I do want to say that I don't I don't feel like any food plan, unless it is being incredibly cruel and mean, but any plan is like bad in and of itself. I don't. I actually think it different. I've we'll talk about this in a little bit, but but depending on, I think sometimes in structure can be the the biggest gift to someone, the most loving choice for a body, right? The kindest thing we can do for ourselves. So this isn't about not doing that. But for me, it was about deeply knowing where it was coming from. And it wasn't come from love. It wasn't come from kindness. But I remember doing this Weight Watchers exercise about the points and being like, Elizabeth Johnson, you are going, and I think I'm kind of making this up, but I'm not. It all happened in the same time, but I can't remember the exact timeline because I remember also at the same, around that time going to buy a pair of pants and like just having to get higher and higher and higher and higher sizes. And I actually ended up just cutting all of the tags out because like my mind was getting so upset by the numbers that I was just cutting the tags out. And yet I wanted to, I needed to wear pants. Like I needed to wear pants that buttoned. So around that time, it was like very crucial to me because I hadn't found this like divine loophole of a better way yet, right? And I showed up for Thanksgiving and I look back at the Thanksgiving and I honestly spent so much of that time, which makes me so sad, especially because my dad's no longer here. Like we don't have as many holidays with, with my family. Like I missed the whole Thanksgiving because all I was thinking about was how many points was this? How many points was that? How many points? Like, okay, you've had four ounces of wine. So that made, like, it was just, I was consumed with getting it right, right? I was consumed with it. And I missed it. Like, I missed this day, you know? Um, And I remember that next day just being like, oh my gosh, Elizabeth, what are you doing? Like you're you're missing your life. Like you're missing your life because you're obsessed with points. Like, and it had been years, right, that I had been in this cycle of trying to make it better by fixing it. And it was just getting worse. And fast, and that was like one of those moments where Tosha Silver always says those moments where you have a sankalpa with God, where you're like, that's it. I'm done. I'm ready. Right? Like, I'm done. I'm done with this. Like, and it it must, it is time to change. And so what's interesting is I I made that sankalpa. I was like, I'm done. This is too sad. Am I going to, and, and I remember a voice in my mind being like, you're just going to have to accept this because it's always going to be like this. It's always going to be this hard. It's always going to be this challenging. It's always going to be a struggle. Oh my gosh. So, Fast forward, I want to say the following summer, I was up working at this resort in Maine that I love, and I was on a plan, and we we ate a lot of really good food at this place. We we definitely um, partook in plenty of adult uh, beverages at at this place, and I had a moment where I had just so funny still had got the message, but I hadn't shifted my actions, and I was like back on Weight Watchers, right, and. I, it's like, I, I have told this story, but I can't believe I'm telling this story. But I had a night where we had like beverages after celebrating our show. We ended up in the staff dining room. I had like so many bowls of Captain Crunch. So my tongue was cut up the next morning. If you eat that cereal, you know. And I remember waking up the next morning and I literally, before I went to bed, even though I was feeling feeling pretty good, um, had written down what I had eaten. I was like still tracking points, even though I was past tipsy. Let's put it that way. Tra- tracked all my points. I woke up. My stomach fell 
because I looked and I had eaten all of my points for the following day after midnight. I was like, well, new day after midnight, here I go. And it was this moment of like utter defeat, utter self-shame, right? And like, oh my gosh, like it's not, I just felt like I couldn't get above water, right? I just couldn't get above water. And I was like, I need a new plan. I need a new plan. Oh, makes me feel weird in my stomach just listening to this because I, I just so remembered those feelings of like, it's never going to get better. Um, and you can't love yourself till you fix this. Ooh, Ooh baby. So I went to the local bookstore in Bridgeton, Maine to get another diet book. I was like, you just need to get motivated. You just need to get inspired, right? And I, no joke, I went up to the diet section. All of a sudden, like someone went by me, a book fell literally in front of my feet, and the book was called Intuitive Eating. And I started to read that book. And within the first introduction, it felt, you know, when you just have those moments where you hear something and your soul has known it all along and your mind has not been in a place to receive it, right? It just wasn't time. And then all of a sudden these pieces, it's like the clouds part and it's clear and you see the message. And I remember in that book, it's so amazing to me, that book changed my life. It changed my relationship with my body. It pro- and it changes the trajectory of my life um, because going to school for what ended up, I ended up going to school for intuitive eating and holistic health coaching just for my own relationship with my body to do a deep dive into healing. And it was by being in school for that that I had to coach people just to graduate. And I started coaching people and I loved it so much. It's like, that's where my career and my purpose to me like really began, right? So see how it all just like ties together. But when I read that introduction of the intuitive eating book, it said that the diet industry is one of the only industries in the world, if not the only, but I would say it's one of the only industries in the world where it can sell you something, you pay for it, it doesn't work, you blame yourself, right? You pay for this solution, you pay for this plan, it doesn't work. It often can make it worse. And instead of being like, oh, the plan didn't work. Oh, this system didn't work. Oh, the society's viewpoint of this is effed, right? Instead of looking at it like that, like this is a this doesn't work. <laughs> this isn't a line. I looked at myself and said, I don't work. I am wrong. I have failed. It was all about, right? It was such an internal blame. Versus saying, oh my gosh, what if this whole thing I've been told and sold and spent a lot of money on actually is not, like, I'm not supposed to live in this mold at all, right? And so, and the example they gave, which I thought was great, they were like, if you took your car to a mechanic and you're like, my car isn't starting, right? Or my car isn't driving, my car won't go this this mile per hour. They've, and, and then you picked up your car and they said, we did it and you pay for it. And then you do the same thing and your car is still not going, can't go that mile per hour. You can't take your car on the highway. And then you, and then if it was compared to the diet world, you go, oh my God, I can't believe I can't get this car to work. I can't believe it's not working. Oh my God, I'm such a, oh my God, I'm horrible. I have failed. What's wrong with me? I must do better. It's like, no, I paid for a service. I was told it was going to help. It didn't help. 
guess what? It's not on me, right? So this is, it was just like such a, such a reframe for me of like, why am I spending all this money on things that are making me feel worse? Whole other topic, why that potentially was a more comfortable feeling for me than, again, going from a more loving place, being like, am I ready to be at peace with this? Am I ready to have freedom on my body? So here we are, an intuitive eating, that book, right? I want to say it was like, it was a few years of that, like really hard cycle. And then it was about a year of me like being ready, like, but a part of me saying it will never get better. And then that book fell at my feet and it started slowly a series of events where I feel like I actually uncovered the truth. And I actually started to be surrounded by resources and people and teachers I want to really recommend Janine Roth for this, and her books helped me so much. Mark David, I, I studied at the Institute of the Psychology of Eating, which is fascinating. He has two books, one called Nourishing Wisdom and one called The Slow Down Diet. I want to say those two people and their resources started to flip, and the Intuitive Eating book flipped on its head everything I thought I knew about myself and my body, everything I thought I knew about releasing weight and weight loss and relationship with food and healthy eating. And it flipped everything. And all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, I'm not in a game I can't win because it was never made for me. It was like, I'm on a journey where there can be healing. I'm on a journey where I I can kind of feel, I can nurture my body. I can listen to my body. I can kind of like rebalance into what the actual homeostasis of my own body is, whether that's energy, whether that's weight, whether that's like how my skin is, whether that's hormonal, right? It's all like this, like it all gets to be a part of the journey. And again, there's so many things to talk about. There's so many different steps and ways, and I hope to continue this. But I want to say the biggest moment of my life happened after the intuitive eating book. And I remember sitting and writing in my journal and it was terrifying because I was like, oh my God, I'm going to give up on this way of being. I'm going to give up on the, I'm going to punish myself till I get the result. And I remember thinking, and then I remember writing to myself and then I remember writing to my body. And I basically, it was like a, a commitment to my body. And it was like, I'm so sorry. I don't even know you. Like you you house me. Like you're my body. Like and I've never even checked in with you. And and started writing these letters to my body and the one that changed the game for me. And sometimes we have to write this letter 400 times before it goes into the like internal clockwork and we start operating from a different place. But there was a day where I wrote to my body and I was like I commit to loving you first period. I commit to loving you exactly as you are here. I commit to loving you at the exact weight that you are. I commit to loving you at the exact energy that you have. I commit to loving you, loving you, loving you, loving you. And I don't even know how to do that, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to check in with myself and I'm going to check in with you, right? I started to almost do this daily, I would, I would do daily practice where I'd be like, body, what do you want? And for like six months, it was like nothing, like radio silence. And I'm like, I hear nothing. It's not, you know, 
And then after about six months, all of a sudden something would pop and I would hear like my body, like I feel like I would just get, I would go through the grocery store and all of a sudden I'd be like, I want that. And I could tell it was coming from my body, right? Or I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go do a run. And I could feel from my body, like, how about a walk? <laughs> you know, how about a stretch? How about some moment of quiet? And then what was absolutely friggin' remarkable to me is as long as I kept coming back, and it still is a training, it's still a choice, it is not the nature of our minds, especially in the world we're in, but if I kept coming back to saying, okay, my number one priority, the number one thing about feeling good is me connecting to loving my body, learning to love my body, coming back to loving my body, and listening to what my body actually wants, then other miraculous things started to happen. My body started to shift. All the weight it had been holding over time released. My my skin started to shift. Like what was so incredible to me was I had to go from the essence of it. I had to go from the relationship within. I had to say, okay, body, it's you and me. Like I had to actually commit to a partnership with my body, a loving relationship, even though I had no idea how to do it. And that's when I started to bring in resources and read things. And for, I want to say the first year or two, I couldn't look at magazines. I couldn't look at a lot of shows because I would be triggered. I could, there's so much, I had to almost turn off the sight element of how my body looked. If I looked at pictures of myself, I would train myself only to look in my eyes and be like, do you look alive? Do you look happy? Do you have a spark of love in your eye? Don't look at your body because it was, so, I was too used to the comparison game, right? I, I, comp- I stopped weighing myself 17 years ago. You know what I mean? Like anything that would be the external telling me that my body wasn't okay and I needed to fix it, I had to stop. I had to pause. And that in doing so was not only dear care to my body, but to my mind, to that younger part of me that was that was trained to think I had to be a certain way in order to be loved. And is not the truth. It's not the truth. And I know, I'm guessing as you listen to this, you know that feeling that when someone, even for a moment, we can't do it all the time, but for a moment feels connected to love within themselves, connected to love from the divine, from this amazing universe, from from like our collective love of this world. When we feel that love, you can tell. You can tell. We act differently. We, 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 we care for ourselves differently. We we allow ourselves also to move into new possibilities where what was impossible can now be easy. And I remember a few years ago having a moment where someone mentioned something to me about my body and I was then on a walk thinking about it. And the most amazing thing to me was I couldn't remember the last time I was critical of my body. And I couldn't remember the last time I had worried about my body or my weight or food, because after 15 years of coming back to love, of listening, and then taking actions, and then caring, what's really amazing to me now, too, I couldn't do it for like a decade, but is I can do food plans now if I'm called to them. I can do it. I just did a 21-day detox, actually, and I did check in and be like, is this the old parts trying to fix it? Is this perfectionism? Is this, you know? And I'll keep checking in forevermore, because you know that's bound to happen, probably, But it was coming from a place of love. It was coming from a place of, I want to take even better care of my body. I want to do this from a place of 
deep love. And then, and then my body keeps responding. And what I have noticed, and I'm curious about you, is that it doesn't take a lot. Like for me, it took a while. It took time of re- being like, I'm going to locate myself differently. I'm going to be like, okay, what, like, again, what is the most loving thing I'm feeling right now? Body, what do you need? Right. It took That took time, but a little bit of love in this area goes so far. The, our bodies, I believe, like when they feel love from us, when they feel listening, when they feel like our body is a part of this amazing ecosystem that makes us a human being and it gets a say and it gets to be cared for, it doesn't, um, it usually doesn't need as much as we think it needs. That has been my experience. A little bit of love goes a really long way. And, and then like our body our bodies love us back. I think actually our bodies are always loving us. I think they often just need us to um, to listen and allow and allow them to be a part of the relationship, a part of the feedback, a part of the wisdom, a part of our plan, right? Our daily plan, how we care for ourselves. So, oh my goodness. So that is my kind of story, my trajectory and again, there will be loops, there will be hard days, there will be ebbs and flows. It's not like, oh, I've arrived and it's perfect, because that's the thing, it's never going to be perfect. But the difference is the two takeaways for me were like, if I didn't know if I would ever stop being at war and suffering because of it, and now I know that, and I'm not, and that's possible. And so in the other areas of my life where I'm still at war <laughs> you know, with certain parts of myself, or I'm growing, or I'm confused... I often remind myself, like, remember when you thought it was impossible to be at peace with your body and to just love being in a relationship with your body? Like, remember when you thought that was impossible? And now it's happened. So it's just that that's one of the biggest things. And then anytime we are deeply committed to bringing love into our relationship, coming back to love over and over and over again in authentic ways, I can't help but feel that that relationship gets more and more beautiful. And I, f- I feel like we can do it in every relationship we have. We'll just all have slightly different timings, different curriculums, um, different ways that it unfolds. So I want to offer you three ideas to take with you. These are like depending on where you are. And the first idea is just um, just for the next like week or two after you've listened to this and you can write this on a post-it. This is kind of like the pinky toe in the water kind of thing, just a moment where you just say hello to your body. Like you just, and that may mean you're like deeply in connection with your body. You have a relationship. That may mean you've never even thought about it. And you're like, wait, what? Like, you know, but this moment where you could put a hand on your heart, a hand on your stomach, a hand, you could hug yourself, some kind of, you know, and just have a moment where you close your eyes and you're like, hi body. And if you can manage it, if it feels true, if you can find any which way to get into a place of gratitude, to give your body a gratitude for anything. My big thing when I couldn't stand so many things about my body, oh my God, I was, again, oh, so hard. I would say things like, thank you for breathing. You know, thank you for breathing without me having to do anything. Thank you for digesting all this food you know, without me having to like break it down. Thank you for, thank you feet, right? For allowing me to walk. Thank you eyes for allowing me to see, you know, like, so just a hello to your body would be the first thing. And then a gratitude if you can bring it in. 
The second thing I want to offer, and notice if you feel called to this, if it's a no, or if you feel resistance, that's usually the best time to do it, unfortunately. And you can write out the resistance, but is to write a letter to your body, to write a love letter to your body. And I don't mean like a like a sonnet that's not your language. I mean your version of love, right? To write and be honest. So that may, there may be really hard things you're saying, real deep honesty. But if you can come from a place where you are, it's almost like imagining that your pen is like, it. the ink is love. So you're absolutely telling the truth, but it's coming through a place, an energetic of love. And then if you take a breath and then you just ask your body if if your body wants to write back, right? A love letter to you. Again, it will be honest, but if your body could write a love letter back to you, a love letter back to you, what would your body say? It could be a note. It could be a post-it. It could be a letter. You can do this one time. You could do it. I want to say I probably did it like a weekly for a couple months, right? Like, because I I was forging a relationship. I was starting a relationship. And it's like when you, you know, those like loving pen pal things when you, when people are starting to date, you're, it's like for many of us, we're just starting to, to, to be in relationship with our bodies, right? So a love letter to and from your body. And the, and I will say with that, if you have a lot of resistance to doing that, or again, if you're like, you get a letter back and it is just like mean, like mean, like no love in sight. I'm not, say, I'm not saying that there, there's not truth there. I'm just saying, I don't think, I do think our bodies speak to us through love and through truth, right? But we are conditioned only to speak horribly to them and imagine that they are yelling right back, right? So by, it's almost, again, it's really encouraging ourselves to to bring in, to see if we can flex that muscle, the energetic of love as we bring forth the truth in this relationship, right? And then the third option is this would be like a daily just check-in where you just drop into your body, you may not know what that means, totally fine. A moment where you just take one breath. Again, I often do hand on heart or hand on stomach and just say, body, like you say, body, I love you or I'm learning to love you. We're open into love. And then just say, is there one thing, is there one thing you need today? What is one thing you need today? And just listening. The question is the practice, just that hello to your body or that is there anything you need today is going to, for again, for I want to say for six months, I didn't hear anything back. And then I started hearing like, you know, some stretching, water, sweet potatoes. I need some root vegetables. I need to ground. What's really cool is once that relationship starts to know it has space, know there's space for communication, know there's like a reliable connection. It's kind of like going from like an old school walkie talkie to like really high speed Wi-Fi where all of a sudden the messages can come through really quickly. And what's so incredible, our bodies are so brilliant, is you may get a craving for something that's like, Kale. And I'm not even saying that as like a jokey health thing. I mean, literally, I've had moments where I'm like, I need like deep greens. And then I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I bet my body needed vitamin K. You know what I mean? Like our body or water or our body is doing so much, so, so, so many countless things for us all the time that when we like check in 
and we ask, and, and then once we feel safe enough to listen or hear those intuitive pops, the intuitive pops, I think, will lead us to not only deeply caring for our bodies, but then also our body wisdom, to me, starts working with like our, our soul wisdom, our heart wisdom, that flow. All of a sudden, it will be like restorative yoga, right? And then you end up at, a, this happened to me a couple weeks ago, at a restorative yoga class. And I ran into a friend who I haven't seen for 15 years, right? In Portland, Maine. It was like, and it was so nourishing to like see this person and to hug them and to catch up. And I was like, oh my God, my body was telling me I needed to do restorative yoga. And I thought it was just for my muscles and my blood pressure, but it actually was also for connection. So this is when we open up that line of communication, that line of wisdom, it gets to connect with all the other like ways that we weave in and we connect and these lives can unfold in such beautiful ways. So that is all about wow, let's just like, do you want to take a breath? I'm going to actually put my hand on my heart, my hand on my stomach, if you want to join me. I'm just going to take an easy inhale in and a grounding exhale out. And if it feels comfortable to do so, you may do so with me. But I just want to thank our bodies for being our boats being our vessels, allowing us to learn so much, allowing us to, to feel, to grow, to release, to heal, to store, to remember, to align, and to love. We get to love through these bodies. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. If they're closed, you can wiggle your finger, fingers. If you want a little bit of a deeper dive with this, you can head on over to patreon.com. Um, or if you're a Patreon member already this month, I'm going to do a beautiful exercise dropping us into our bodies to listen to what we're called to this coming month. And then it's going to be paired with a body care little calendar. If you're in a place where from a loving place doing some like tracking, some body care, some like seeing what it's like when we choose nurturing practices, those resources will be really good for that. And if you want to share anything, you can always email me at thelovesayspodcast at gmail.com or elizabeth at elizabethjohnson.net. If anything came up that you want to share, please, please do. And um, may we all remember that we are we are here just to listen into right where we are to see if we can allow ourselves to connect to love in this moment, whatever love is saying in this moment, and then just be here or perhaps take the one next step forward. This isn't about it all happening at once, but it's allowing ourselves to be here, remembering that we are loved, we are love, and sometimes the impossible can become very, very possible. So, so much love to you, and I will talk with you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If it resonated with you, 
And you are called to support this project as it gets out to more people in this world. There are three ways you can do so. The first is by going to patreon.com forward slash the love says podcast. And with any amount, you can become a monthly donor. It supports us. It gives us such peace of mind and it allows us to continue to grow and, um, and continue to support this team that is making this creation. If you feel more comfortable and are called and you want to make a one-time donation, please email me at thelovesayspodcast at gmail.com or you can reach out to me on Instagram at thelovesayspodcast and we can connect you um, sending a one-time donation through Venmo. And lastly, a great, great, awesome support would be if you enjoyed this episode and you want to share it with friends, family, family, loved ones, or if you want to post about it on Instagram, please tag the Love Says Podcast. You can also tag me. I'm at Elizabeth Johnson 6 and just sharing it with the people in your world so we can keep spreading this love because it really does make a difference. So thank you. And I'll talk to you on the next episode.